welcome to another episode of the Sports Council Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and I'm here alongside Dylan and G for this episode of the show. We are about to begin the 2022-2023 NBA season, which means it's time for our annual season predictions. We rank who we think ends up as the top 10 teams over the next six months. We'll also tell you who's going to the NBA Finals this season. Will the Warriors dynasty reign supreme again? Or is it time for Kawhi or Giannis to return to championship glory? Today is October 12th, 2022, and this is the 77th episode of the show. Wow, so I know it doesn't sound like it to you guys because we're probably going to release this episode a little later, but this is back-to-back episodes for us because we got fantasy football yesterday, and now we got NBA basketball returning once again. This is a great time for sports. It feels like a feels like a holiday. Feels like it's Christmas already. <laughs> yeah, and I we think got the World you, Cup. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say once you NHL. add in the World Cup, and then like I think it's just gonna be too much to handle. There's gonna be literally sports going on twenty four seven. Yeah, but I mean, we're all glad to see it. I mean, summer's always the worst time for sports, and now, and we also got the baseball. Oh yeah, forgot about baseball completely. But you know, that's there too. But you know, we're talking about the NBA today. And we got, you know, G and Dylan. And we decided to do a little bit of power rankings, just like we did last year. And we decided to kind of list all... We each came up with a list of our top 10, then we shared it with each other. And we promptly then disagreed on the majority of it. But, you know, we're going to each share our our list together. And then we're going to explain a little bit of why each one, like we made the top 10, it is what it is. And then hopefully we'll let you fans decide which one has the best top 10, hopefully. But, you know, we're going to start off here with the top three because we have a consensus at least for this one, mostly. But we all agree here that the Warriors, Bucks, and Clippers are our top three teams heading into the season and who we think will finish in the top three this whole season. Does anyone want to explain why exactly they chose what they chose here? I mean, we all agree, but... Yeah, I mean, I I can go first. Uh, I had the Warriors at one, Clippers at two, and the Bucks at three. Um, obviously, we all have the Bucks as the best team out of the East, and we all also have the best team out of the West as the Warriors. So we're kind of all agreeing on that. I just had the Clippers rather than the Bucks, uh, and I want to just start from the top. So I'll go with the Warriors. I think when you're the champ, you kind of just get that benefit of the doubt of being the best team in the league. So that's kind of what I'm giving them there. And I mean, they also, you know, have a great team and they're in a sense improved in my opinion. If you're adding Wiseman, you add back uh, Dante DiVincenzo, who I really just think is a great player off the bench. He can do a lot of different things, especially for a guard position, ball handle, you know, play make and defend. So a lot of different things that, you know, that you don't really necessarily need him to shoot in a sense, right? He kind of does like a Gary Payton role there. Um, you mm-hmm. know, they always develop a rookie, so I'm sure by two months into the season, they'll have some rookie that's you never heard of before, other than like these diehard Warrior fans I've probably heard of, but and he'll be contributing to their team and they'll be set. So I give them the number one ranking. I'm not sure why you guys didn't, though, as you guys are the two Warrior fans. So hey, we gotta be unbiased here. That's true. So I feel like I if there's pick- ever a time to be biased, it'd be now after a championship, <laughs> right? I think it was uh we did the championship recap episode. We were pretty biased during that, mm-hmm. so we got all our bias out of the way over the here. Oh wow, that's beautiful. We're just, yeah, we we're just trying to be fair, trying to be objective mm-hmm. to a certain point, or to, 
Yeah. But for me, uh, I put Warriors second uh, just because um, I kind of believe in the championship um, hangover. I think it's pretty president in every single like sports that you that everyone watches in the world, like football, basketball, even like baseball. Like you notice, you notice after um, after the World Series or the NBA championships, like when the next season comes around. Um, the teams that are most, or not most teams, but some teams, they tend to have a slow start in the beginning because I think it's just because they're like, oh, we want the championship, we can relax. While every, every other team in in the leagues, uh, they would train harder because they're more motivated to um, win the championship. While the championship team is just like chilling out, so that's kind of why I put one of the reasons why I put the Warriors second. And also the fact that they're adjusting their um, their younger younger players to start taking those um, big bigger roles now since we lost a lot of good role players such as OPJ, we lost GP2, we lost um, who else do we lose? We lost GTA, we lost um, our favorite guy Damian Damian Lee, <laughs> and. Yeah, so I think it'll take time for the younger rookie or the younger players to get acclimated more into those um, more important roles as in the beginning of the season. But as the season goes on, I feel like they'll get more comfortable and we'll be back on top and be able to compete for another championship. Yeah, and I tend to agree with Dylan here. I think that the Warriors' biggest issue has always been um, motivation because. They've, you know, shown to be a dominant team, and whenever Draymond, Clay, and Stefra have been in this series and have played all the games in the series, they've literally been undefeated. They've won four championships off of that alone. The only issue is that, you know, sometimes they tend to drop a game or two, especially in the regular season, when they feel like, you know, they don't need to play hard to win. And, you know, that's not a complete indictment on the Warriors because they win when they have to. But I don't think they're going to show themselves to be the best team in the NBA when it's all said and done in the regular season, just because they're probably going to take some games off in the regular season. They're probably not going to play very well um, to start because they need to gel, right? And, you know, Curry, Thompson, and Green, they didn't even play that many games at the end of last season, right? When Thompson returned, then Green got hurt. And then when Green got hurt, uh, Green came back, Steph got hurt. So like, I don't think I think they played like maybe a couple minutes together, but it didn't really matter because eventually they won the championship anyway. So, you know, I don't see them as the best team in the regular season, but I do believe that, you know, once they get the bench all figured out, once everything happens, I think they'll probably be one of the most complete teams in the NBA. Um, I want to touch over the Clippers for a second because that might be a surprise to some people. They didn't even make the playoffs last season, but we all know why we have the Clippers so high, and it's really because of one man, and it's Kawhi Leonard, right? And I think we all believe that he's going to recover from that ACL injury and just come back with the dominant force because it's year three, year four, I think, actually, in LA, which means the clock is ticking. You know, Kawhi signed and then they disappointed in the bubble. Then Kawhi tore his ACL the next season. And then they had a season without Kawhi and they couldn't even make the playoffs. So, you know, the clock's ticking. They have Tyron Lue. I think he's one of the better coaches in the league. They still got the two best wing defenders in the NBA. And 
now they got John Wall, which, you know, I don't think he's going to be a huge signing, but I think it's going to help with that um, that backcourt depth. But I think this is going to be a very complete team, and I think they definitely are going to be one of the better teams in the NBA now. So yeah, I agree with you. Just if you take a, if you just take their best seven eight guys, you can really put it up against anybody in the league. You put up their best nine guys, ten guys. Like they're just in my opinion, just such a deep team, the Clippers. And they just got guys that can do different things, different roles. And everybody kind of knows their role. They were just missing their alpha on their team in Kawhi, even though he's like the most opposite on alpha personality wise. But playing basketball, he can guard the number one on the other team and be your primary scorer, which, you know, it makes him the alpha of the team. So that's why I just feel like having someone like that return to your team, especially to a team, I think that wasn't too far off from being good like they were clicking at certain points last year and it just you know it looked kind of giving vibes of like the Raptors before Kawhi came and obviously just not like Kawhi's not just joining the team the first time but it really did feel like they were just missing that type of player to put him over the edge and then once they get him you know it really did click for the Raptors right and I know that this is not the first year like I said for the Clippers together with Kawhi so it already hasn't previously clicked but this year just feels like a little different and just the depth I cannot get over just how stacked their team is. Exactly. And that right there is our top three for this season. And now we're going to get into teams four through 10, which we all just, you know, honestly, they're all completely different. Yeah. This is probably the most that we're going to agree upon in the next, like for these first 10 minutes, that's the most we're going to agree upon. Now, uh, we're going to get into the mud a little bit here. And I guess I'll go first with my top 10 here. So, mm-hmm. my official list was Bucks number one, Warriors two, Clippers three, and then Grizzlies four, Heat five, Phoenix Suns six, 76ers seventh, Mavericks eighth, Pelicans ninth, and the Brooklyn Nets as my 10th best team Jeez. in the NBA. There's so oh, many questions go. I have. I just hear I have so many questions. We could start at the bottom or at the top, but I like let's just go from the top because that's where we started. I didn't have the heat as high as you do. Can you can you let me know what you think? What you see in the heat? You know, they lost a few pieces, maybe overpaid a few players, but you still have them at the fifth best team. I just think that you know it's heat culture, baby. I don't see that much of an issue with the offseason departures. Yes, you lost PJ Tucker and whatnot, but you know. He was, he's just, he's a certain piece that, you know, you can live without, I feel like. You know, he can obviously bring a championship to you, like with the Milwaukee Bucks, but it's not like he's essential to winning now, right? And I still think that once you, when you still have Jimmy Butler there, when you still have the whole system, you still have Tyler Hero, you still have all these, you know, bench players, and they are usually a remarkably deep team. And they were still the number one seed in the East, right? They were a Jimmy Butler, a why'd you pull up from three-pointer away from making it to the NBA Finals last year. So I don't think that is necessarily gone. I think the fire is still there. And still as a top five team, I'd still say that's correct, right? Because, you know, you got the Suns who are still in a little bit more trouble right now. The 76ers, I'm still not really quite sure of. And then, you know, the other teams I don't think are quite there at the same level as the Heat. So I just see the Heat as a very stable contender amidst all the chaos right now in both conferences. 
But do you feel like they addressed their problem last year, this year, and not having like a really real number two scorer? Or do you feel like that's Tyler Hero? Um, I mean, that is an issue right there. Mm-hmm. But it didn't really affect them. Like the thing is they didn't it didn't really affect them until maybe the very end of the uh, like postseason, right? And Jimmy Butler is him, right? And I think it's just also wasn't Tyler Hero injured for like some of the uh the playoff yeah. series? I feel like yeah, he the was. playoff series he was. He was he was he came back in the mid mid series with an injury from his yeah. injury. So so you know I feel like you know he if he wasn't injured maybe we have a different perception of how that series goes right mm-hmm. and maybe we think that because he didn't do very well after the injury too and that might be because he was injured right so you know other than that like what else could they have done right they could have conceivably tried to trade for donovan mitchell they could have tried to get kevin durant but you know these were very hard pieces to get so you just have to hope that tyler hero is going to continue to develop you know you still got the depth around them they resigned victor oladipo right so you know, I think that it is an issue that they'll have to deal with, but that's the reason why they're fifth and not, like, top three. I just feel like the Heat's depth is not as strong compared to uh, teams in the West as well as the East. Like, for example, the Bucks, they're pretty deep. Like, you look at the Clippers in terms of the West. Clippers has a really deep bench. Like, Celtics, even though there's a lot going on with their um, with their team from the off season, but their um, their bench is great as well. But looking at Miami Heat, I feel like how I see the Miami Heat, they're kind of like a glass cannon because I feel like if if they get it going with their shooting, like they get it going. But let's say for example, like uh, Jimmy Butler has a really uh, bad game, or Jimmy both Jimmy and um, Tyler Hero have really bad games together. Like who do you rely on? Like, yeah, next one even. Up. Even if Bam. Bam gets you an 18, what is Bam going to get? Bam's, Bam's not going to carry you. you 30. Bam. Bam's not going to get you 30. He can get you 20 and 10, but that's <laughs> never going to win you a game. He carried him in what, game three against the Celtics, right? I feel like he has the ability to turn it on. But right? 20 points is, I think 20 points is not going to cut it for a person like Bam when you're in the playoffs. When both your one and two options aren't doing what they're supposed to do. Like, you need more than 20, as especially as a center. Even Shaq, like, throughout the season, he would grill all the centers. Like, 20, 20 and, like, 15 is not enough. You, you need, like, 30 at, at least, 30 points to get your get your team across the line. And not only Bam, they have as your third option, but your fourth option is Kyle Lowry. And he's not... He looked horrible not, last year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't talk about him for a reason. But all I'm saying <laughs> is would, that, you yeah. know, when we talk about the depth of the Heat... We always say, you know, who do they have? And it turns out, like, these guys aren't name brand guys, right? Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Caleb Martin, right? None of them you really think of as, you know, effective players. But they always end up surprising you because it's just the coaching. Sometimes Eric Spolster is just able to get something out of nothing. And, you know, I think that he's going to be able to continue to do that. You know, I I I'm, I just have that doubt. You know, because obviously they're probably gonna have a guy or two at least that, like you said, out of nowhere, are gonna contribute for them. And you know, you have to account for that. And obviously, right now, it's hard to account for a guy that we don't probably don't even know about. So 
you know that's just the way the heat culture is like you said but for me it's just in comparison to this other a lot of these other teams let's say let's just keep it strictly to the east like the 76ers have i think better depth better star power maybe not better coaching but you got better stars you have better um depth in philadelphia right and then you compare them to the celtics i think you just same thing you have better stars your two stars are better i would say in boston than miami you add in the depth and i take i would take the rest of the team in boston over the rest of the team in miami and so it's like you know i just i just don't see like the the attraction to miami other than you know maybe the city <laughs> i would go out there but, yeah i just got my doubt there and to crazy enough, which is, you know, maybe the most mind-boggling thing of this this podcast today is that you have the Suns the highest out of us three. And G's our resident Suns fan. Well, thanks for reminding mm, more, me. More like Chris Paul fan. But, yeah, you know, so let's, let's get it right. This is basically Suns fan. Synonymous. Okay. Synonymous for now. But, yeah. you know, um, I don't know why you guys have to make me do this, defending the Phoenix Suns like this. But, you know, here we go. Again, I'm a buy-in to the fact that it's more of a team thing than an off-season drama kind of thing. I know that Jay Crowder doesn't want to be there anymore. DeAndre Ayton doesn't want to be there anymore, but he's technically he's has there. to be there. And the owner is gone in Robert Sarver. Um, they just blew their best season, probably. And things aren't looking good for the Phoenix Suns. I will admit that. But they were the consensus best team last year. And I put them at six, just like, you know, I would for a decline like this. I don't think that they are bad enough because the pieces are still there as in the core, the core. of what made them successful, right? You still got mm. Chris Paul. You still got Devin Booker. You still got Mikal Bridges, right? Cam Johnson will probably come in for Jay Crowder now. And honestly, he looks pretty good. So I don't think it's going to be that big of a loss when Jay Crowder leaves. Dude leaves like a bunch of different places and they all turn out just fine. He left the Heat, right? And he left the Celtics, like, and he left the Cavs. Like, he he leaves a lot of places and they turn out just fine. So I don't think they should be too concerned about that. And, you know, I think that Monty Williams will figure out a way to make things work for DeAndre Ayton. So then you got your piece there. So really it's about probably having worse depth, right? Because... I don't, I don't remember who exactly they lost. Um, I mean, gee, can you fill me in on that? Because I don't really remember if they lost anyone that important. But I know they signed um, one, uh, Damian Lee. Well, yeah. If you take in a Crowder who's about to leave, uh, I think we lost the holiday that we had. I'm not sure which one it was. I think we had Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little confusing. I don't know. We we had a holiday. I think both the holidays paired up somewhere else now. Um, yeah, I mean that's not a big deal. So. Right, exactly. We lost Javale. He was kind of big, but it's okay. not like Javale's replaceable. So it's yeah. not like, like you said, it's nothing crazy. We also get Sarge back. Um, he was on the ACL last year that he got during the. Oh man, what series was that? It wasn't it was the, the finals. The finals, yeah. It yeah. was against the Bucks. He got hurt. I think game one. So then he's a good shooter, knockdown, kind of like a B elite type of player. Yeah, and so, you got Biombo, right? So that's the yeah, McGee exactly. replacement. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't really see that much of a downgrade with the Suns, but I mean, you guys do. Like, both of you clearly have the Suns a lot well, lower. Well, you got. I think for me, it's just like, okay, I got them a little bit lower than you, not considerably, and then Dylan's got a little bit more than me, so it's kind of looks considerable comparison to you. 
But at the end of the day, I mean, we all have them in the top 10. So it's like they're still at the level of respect. But I think they've just taken, like you said, I think they've taken a step back in terms of just competing for titles. I think last year we were kind of a slap in the face. And then you have two ways to respond. Once you get slapped in the face is to like bounce back and show that you're not just someone that can get slapped in the face or you just take it and move on. And it seems like they had to take it and move on type of season. Like, you know, um, they didn't. They didn't expect anything. Like I just wanted to see more from them in terms of a, uh, like just a off season. You know, like maybe like I really just kind of bring up like really basic names like a Mo Bamba. He signed like a three year, forty five million dollar contract or something. Maybe less than that. I think it was like two years, forty million, whatever it was. So he wasn't getting paid that much money. They got players like him or Dante Divincenzo, something that can at least like be some viable depth like we gotta still rock out cameron Payne, who sucks we gotta rock <laughs> out with like if you start cam johnson then we don't have someone like dario sarge becomes our backup power forward no small forward really back you know it's just literally thin left like we're gonna rock out damian lee out there hell That's yeah why dude I, I think we lost some of the depth that we kind of we kind of relied upon before so it's just i don't know and we're just i don't know if the team has the right mentality going into the season with all the DeAndre Ayton stuff and then the way that last season ended, you know. I agree with G. I think it's just the stuff that happened after um, the playoffs. Like, you, I think we saw firsthand that, um, D, again, what G, G and you, Matt, said, like DeAndre Ayton was not happy during Game 7 against Dallas, where I think after the first quarter um, – or first or second quarter, uh, Monty Williams just pulled uh, DeAndre Aiden out and just played Bismack Biombo for the rest of the game, and no one understood why he pulled him out. And during post game, Monty was like, "Oh, it's only internal." So it kind of ruins the dynamic in the locker room because I really believe in um, team chemistry. Because I feel like chemistry—you have a really good chemistry in the locker room. It'll take you it a long way. Yeah, yeah, translates. Yeah, translates, especially when shit goes rough, which is what happened to the Suns. You know, shit got rough. They didn't have that chemistry, and then they imploded, you know, against the Mavs. When you have, like, a team like the Warriors, obviously it's it's easy to compare every team to the Warriors and say they're not the Warriors, but, like, that is your direct comparison when you're a top-four team in the West, right? So you look at them, when they go, shit is tough for them, they kind of bond off that, you know, in a sense. They get stronger. I feel like the Suns kind of did the exact opposite and kind of just deteriorated as a team over drama. Yeah, I mean, it's about mental fortitude, right? I think that mm-hmm. when the Suns lost the NBA Finals last year in four straight games, basically, right? Um, they came back with a vengeance. They won so many games, they had the best record in the league. So coming off the most humiliating loss, playoff series loss probably in their franchise, then I, I mean, think they're going to just come back with a vengeance. That's what I this think. This is pretty one of the most humiliating in a while, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now maybe since that, 2016. Maybe that, but, maybe that Clippers yeah. 3-1 against the Nuggets. That's the closest one I can remember. That's I think that's... Bad. Yeah, but I mean, you get the benefit of the bubble, but that's it, right? Yeah. This was um, like... They were completely healthy, right? The Suns. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dots I mean... On, uh, Dots on DeAndre Ayton real quick. I don't got enough time. I don't got enough time. I just don't. I just don't know where to start. It's like we're playing. We have a guy who's held captive. That's mid. Like, why? (laughs) Like, who benefits from it? Aiton doesn't play. He doesn't get happy. But we pay him. 
and we're not happy with our results. So then why sign him, right? Like, am I the only one that doesn't understand that? But it's for the fans. What fan is fucking, you know what, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't got enough damn. Go, who the fuck is sitting there and listening to, or play, watching Aiden, like, damn, I really love the Suns because of Aiden, bro. Like, that's not hey, real. Man. He was the first overall pick. Waste of a pick. <laughs> you could have had Luca. All right. Or Trey Young. Yeah. So these two play, uh, teams at the bottom here, and, I, you know, normally I just throw them in. Um just to kind of mix things up a little but i i mean they're not even on you guys list the pelicans and the nets i mean i have two different reasons and rationale for them they like i feel like the pelicans are the young guard they're gonna be up and coming and they're gonna surprise a lot of people this year i honestly remind me of the pre kind of phoenix suns before they made it to the finals and they're gonna be that team where it's gonna be like oh all of a sudden they're like the first or second seed right well i don't think it's that gonna be that far but it's going to be like the Grizzlies. It's going to be like the Suns where, you know, they kind of come out of nowhere as a young team and then they just, everything clicks all together. And you got Zion coming back even on top of all this. They made the playoffs without Zion mm-hmm. last year. And, you know, he should be the best player on that team. And now you got, you know, Ingram, you got uh, Zion, you got um, Valanchunas. Uh, Herb Jones. Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado, GTA, right? So mm-hmm. I feel like you got a lot of, you know, great pieces there and you got the right coach that was able to kind of make them work together. I do see a little bit of an issue with the offense. They are a really good defensive team, I feel, but you know, sometimes you need a playmaker on offense, which hopefully CJ McCollum is that guy for them. He can get Yeah, I mean I think hopefully Zion's that guy for them. Well, yeah, but like if they're like it's the same thing as the jimmy butler thing right you need a secondary tertiary score right so if you right. got zion as your one your ingram as mm-hmm. your two i guess mccollum's your three that's a pretty good you know lineup right there so yeah i can agree with you on the pelicans i think if i just was able to see zion play one game or just a stretch of five games or something and he was able to beast i would move him up probably skyrocket them up my power rank he's not saying they're low right now but I think they could break into my top 10. Yeah. And then the Nets, guys, what happened? I mean, we all had them here last year. I Like why why isn't why aren't they there? Because I I mean, they you, got It's led by two your our two favorite people, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant with Joe Sai. Hey, you forgot Steve. you forgot Ben Simmons there, buddy. And, Yes, or was it social, or wait, what's his? What was the his nickname? Two or a season ago, the socialite. There you go. Yeah, yes, the socialite. The young socialite. <laughs> hey man, Ben Simmons is back. Ben Simmons is healthy. Um, oh my uh, god! I oh I think god. all I needed to see for the Nets was that practice video where it's like the whole Nets team and they're like at a charity event or something. They're outside, right? They're at the just, blacktop, yeah. The, yeah. yeah. the blacktop and Ben Simmons airballed the jumps. <laughs> <laughs> who among us uh, has not airballed a free throw in front of millions but who of people? Wait, he's getting paid. Who among us is on the Brooklyn Nets' third option? <laughs> he's oh, getting man. paid. Like, we can airball all we want and we're not, we're not getting paid to play basketball, but Ben Simmons is and they're paying him to freaking develop a jump shot, but they're not going to they're going to be on his side and let him not shoot at all and just pass the ball and play defense or rebound. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that Ben Simmons, like 
The only reason why I have the Nets on here, and I'm not going to defend them too much here because I can't. I really just can't stomach them. But you can't really count out a team with KD on it, can you? Like, no, when you have you a can't. four with KD, the four with KD is at least, like, I'd say 40 wins right there if he plays the whole season. And that's, like, mm-hmm. 500, right? Then you add, like, maybe 40 games of Kyrie, right? And then 40 games of Ben Simmons, right? And then you'll probably be a playoff team, right? And you'll probably be able to, if they all are healthy and they're all playing all the games, you know, I still think they're... I feel like Kyrie and KD are good enough as it is, but then you add Ben Simmons to kind of fill in the gaps of what they don't have sometimes, which is defense, which is playmaking, right? I think that they really just have a solid floor. And I think, you know, I do admit that some of the emotions that I have are going to be quite glaring, but I do think that the Nets are going to bounce back. And I think they deserve to be up here in the top 10. Like being omitted from everyone's list is outrageous to me. So, you know, I did it at that point. Then you should just throw the fucking Lakers in there too, bro. (laughs) All right. bet. Also, I mean, because at that point, like a, a team with LeBron is not going to get less than forty wins, right? And then a team I mean, with the, they're close. LeBron and Anthony Davis. <laughs> well, oh, no, Davis is a different breed than Kyrie. Kyrie just misses games because you know he wants to, I guess. AD actually gets hurt, so you know, different strokes, different folks. At least and that, then like, Ben Simmons versus Westbrook, man. That's that. See, Westbrook oh. is willing to take shots compared to Ben Simmons. He was just pass it away. No, I'd rather, Westbrook I'd honestly rather shots. have someone who does something with the ball than what Westbrook shoots with the ball right now. That's a fair like, point. Yeah, and it doesn't look yeah. like he wants to even be there right now. Like, did you see? There's a really recent clip right now. I think that was Patrick Beverly was calling the defensive huddle in preseason, and then everyone came in. Westbrook was just, you know, they had Stanny. to keep saying, come, come over here, right? And he kind of just stood by. So he's not buying in, right? Why would I think he, he knows honestly? he's out. I think he knows yeah. he's on his way out, and he scrubbed his Instagram, took all his L.A. shit out of it, all that Sold shit. His, uh, put his house on the market. Yeah. He's, he's gone, bro. I think it's just a matter of time. Yeah, so. I mean, I, mean, I, I like your list. I think it's uh, – the Pelicans is really, really interesting to me. Because on paper, I really just cannot disagree with you on anything regarding them. Yeah, and it's just it's can... hard, but it's at the end of the day, it's hard for me to just find a spot I can rank them at, and I'm like happy with it. Because then I'm just like, there's teams with just better high end talent than them that I just like more, you know? Yeah, that's so that's why I said I need to see Zion play like a superstar for me to really like put him in that upper echelon in the top 10 you know the nba so that's like that top third of that league yeah no, and he I also lost weight too so that's that's <laughs> a plus i think he had to yeah yeah that's that kyler murray shit four hours on the treadmill type shit <laughs> okay oh, g man. why don't you go over your list all right well um like i said earlier i had the warriors first the clippers are my second team uh, I have the Bucks as a third team, and this, this is where my list gets a little different. I have the 76ers fourth, the Mavs fifth, the Grizzlies sixth, the Suns seventh, the Cavs eighth, Celtics ninth, and then my tenth team is the Nuggets. So kind of uh, kind of similar, kind of not. We kind of have a lot of the same teams, and then towards the end, I kind of changed up. 
Uh, I'm going to start off with, like, I think the most obvious one. I have the 76ers fourth, so the second best team in the East, the fourth best team in the league. Um, I think that just if you just take on what they have on paper, which was really, I think, not too bad last year, um, and you just take a better version of James Harden, put it on that team, and it's kind of obviously reliant on James Harden being better because if he did lose weight, like the same thing with Zion. So if you can use that to bolster the Pelicans, you know, I can use it to bolster the 76ers. And I just feel like a better James Harden, then you added an older, another year experience of Tyrese Maxey. And now you got PJ Tucker and James Harden took a pay cut for him to be there. Those are the type of things you do when you're trying to take it seriously. You know, you take a pay cut and you go get someone like PJ Tucker. And that's why I put him over the heat. That was pretty simple to me. They look like they're trying to win. Didn't, you know, make any drastic moves. They also added Montrezl Harrell, which I think is a great backup center. I think he could be really useful, especially in, like, just getting some dog in that team. And he might not be, like, the most productive player. But like I said, you need someone like that on your team. You had P.J. Tucker. You know, this kind of really gives me that same vibe of when Milwaukee picked up P.J. Tucker and it felt like the missing missing piece and everything kind of just clicks I think it could click for the 76ers this year. Uh, I really like what they got going on, and Joel was a beast. He's kind of gotten past that whole injury history and not being able to stay healthy period of his career. He's kind of more solidified now as like a superstar in the NBA. So I think he can really, you know, elevate his game and just stay at that same level that he's at and add in a better version of James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, you know, Tybal, Tobias Harris. You got a good team there, and... I'm not the biggest fan of Doc Rivers, you know, got a nasty history with him, right, but I think he can still, you know, at least be a good enough coach to have them as a top two team in the East, and I think they were pretty high up in the East last year, right? I my, think they got biggest, knocked out of the first, first or they, second round. They were the fourth seed, and they lost to the Heat in the semifinals. Right. So, my only concern here is that it doesn't look like, you know, James Harden, I have an issue with him because, you know, we've said this before and we've discussed this before. I don't know if he's that guy when it comes to the playoffs. And obviously, we're not talking playoffs. We're just talking regular season, and he always looks good in the regular season. Right. But he didn't look good in the regular season last year, right? Mm -hmm. He was in a period of decline where you kind of felt like, is this, you know, right. James Harden's, like, end? Is this, like, his twilight? And uh-huh. I, I have to wonder whether he's getting older, whether the usage that he's gotten in his early years has caught up to him. Like D'Antoni kind of ran him through the ground when in those couple of Houston years where he was getting so much usage. And you have to wonder how much that compounds on your body. So, you know, that, that kind of, I have an issue with that. PJ Tucker, you know, that's cool and all, but he's also getting really, really old. I want to say he's like 36, 37, but I'm probably way off. Um, let me see. Yeah, he's around 37 years old. So, Jeez. like, I don't know how many years he's got in the tank still because he's got to be, he's taking these like one year win, it all deals, right? So that means mm-hmm. he's just putting his body on the line that one year, right? And then I think he got a multiple year contract from the Sixers, though. But the last few contracts from, like, the Bucks and the Heat, one year, so, yeah. So, I'm a little bit concerned about that. Um, 
But I do think that the Sixers are going to be a really good team overall. But I just don't know mm-hmm. if they're higher than, say, the Grizzlies, right? Because you also have the Mavs ahead of the Grizzlies, and I don't know why. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know why? I think, like, if you just compares, compare the teams, like, the best player is Luka. I mean, if you take in, like, how much better he is than the John Morant, like, I think it's considerable. Um, you have to also consider that the, the the Mavs played, I would say, they played a very good Suns team last year before the problems and created those problems in a sense, you know. That kind of just shows you that they have a certain level of dominance. I'm not the, I wasn't the biggest on Brunson. Obviously, he had a great postseason, especially, I think, when Luka was outright. Uh, he was kind of providing that Luka position. But with, you got to remember, this team relies upon when Luka is out there. And when Luka was out there, Jalen Brunson was not the most effective player. And that's just the matter of fact. Look, obviously, he popped off for that moment of time that Luka was out. But that's not what you're planning for. You got to plan for the best players with to play with Luka. Obviously, I think Christian Wood is a great pickup there. Uh, he's going to complement Luka and his play style. He's going to probably be the best player Luka's played with so far, maybe. I don't know if that's a stretch to say. No, that uh, is off. <laughs> how? Christian Wood is the best player Luca has ever played with. Who has he played with as a veteran? Am I missing someone? No, I, I'd honestly say Porzingis because he's he like, out. Porzingis out for like majority of the time. Yeah, give me Who's a guy that's Brunson, played 40. Man. Oh, stop, dude. Brun- I think Brunson it was just good because Luca enabled Brunson. Thank you, bro. No, 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 no. What do you mean? Dude, no, no, no. There's a it reason. There's a reason why the Knicks gave him a max contract. Because they're fucking and the it's Knicks. It's because he Knicks showed he was the first that, option the was... in that Utah no, no, no. series, Knicks, and he Knicks was able love... to win in no, that series. Knicks... Knicks and he's an tricks. undersized guard. No, exactly, Dylan. You're so right. Hey, the, Knicks Knicks, Knicks, the Knicks signing Jalen <laughs> Brunson should just be even more of a red flag. That's like the one when your homie starts dating that one girl, and you're like, damn, like. That's you already know just when you start talking to that girl what's going on. It's like that. Like when you go to the Knicks, like we know what's happening. You're gonna suck. You got overpaid, and that's just a, the the Knicks is just a stamp of it. Knicks are basically basically getting whipped. So you think Dylan that Christian Wood is the best player that Lucas ever played with? Christian Better Wood, than any, who they haven't, else. they're not even gonna. <laughs> start. Better than the other options. Porzingis was a, even though Porzingis was great, but he was injury prone. Mm. Yeah, Brunson. and you never played great with Luca. This is the thing that it comes down to. Name a player that's played good with Luca. Like Jalen Brunson was good when Luca was out. He was all right with Luca. Like no one else has been half decent play style wise or just play along with. And maybe this is just a bigger thing about Luca, but I don't think it is. I think you can play with Luca. You just gotta get good players around him. Yeah, I mean, I I more disagree about the Christian Wood part than the uh, than the uh, Jalen Brunson part. He was balling but, out with the Rockets. You know, I mean, Dylan. maybe maybe I'm not familiar with his game. I mean, maybe that's what it is. But he was balling I, out Christian Wood. You're like Shaq, bro, when he didn't know Christian Wood, right? You're yeah. gonna learn. I gotta. I guess I gotta learn. Let me prove me wrong, Christian. I want to see it mm-hmm. happen because I think Luca is a lot better when he has a good center along with him. I think he elevates centers. He was it able to sign. elevate um, that. Stanford guy, Dwight Powell, right? And you know so. they signed right in the off season. Yeah. JaVale. JaVale. Yeah, I think that's I, a underrated like that. pickup. It's a yeah. good it's good he's a great backup center. Like he's actually reliable. Bobon was not like Bobon's not really playable. Like realistically, like let's be real. Like 
You're trying to win games. You can't put Bubba Brown out there. You try and but sell got, some memes. Yeah, you got four centers right here. You got McGee, you got Christian Wood, you got Dwight Powell from last year, and you got Maxi Kleber. He's a pretty good shooter. So, you know, I like I like how they turned a position of weakness into a position of strength. I just don't think they're as complete as the Grizzlies, and that's why I had them ranked mm-hmm. higher. I mean, I think there's someone else that will want to talk about the Grizzlies who's really high on them. I'm not so I'm I have them as a sixth ranked team. I had the Suns as my seventh. Kinda of already talked about why I have them here. I think the biggest surprise in my list is I have the Cavs at eight. Uh, I've always been big on Donovan Mitchell and I just was big on the Cavs last year. And obviously like I'm not gonna go into depth about oh what Donovan Mitchell does, blah blah blah. We've seen him play. He's kinda in my at least in my opinion, all I need to say is I think he's kinda he's kinda certified. Like he's not a superstar, but he's he's had a multiple good playoff series like as a young player that's pretty hard for a lot of players to say like you know obviously there's like the jason tatums and there's the devin bookers that have a multiple good playoff series but i think if you really think about it donovan mitchell is just kind of in that same category he's just not as gone as far deep but if you take some terms of just peak playoff performances and being a playoff hooper that's what he is he's a buck it like he gets the ball and even though sometimes it's not what people want when he's just throwing up threes and sometimes there's gonna be three or 13 shooting nights for him but you live with it maybe with with when he has actual players around him that are not rudy gobert that have offensive game and an actual point guard who's not washed like mike conley maybe he doesn't have to do that like i don't know i just feel like they're i think the sky is the limit for them and especially in the regular season i think they're going to be one or two in seeding terms in the east like obviously i still have them as my i think my fourth best team out of the east uh behind the bucks 76ers and uh wait that's it sorry so they're my third best team in the east and i think that's right where they should be because in regular season terms they're young usually young teams get after it like matt said they kind of get higher in the playoffs in the regular season and then they'll win a couple series in the playoffs and then you're like damn they're legit but the Cavs are kind of ahead of schedule in that sense because Garland played really, really good last year. And, you know, he was almost like a like a 19-10 and 10 player. He gets a lot of good assists. He's playmaking. He doesn't need to score as much. And now even more, he doesn't have to score. you got a guy like Mitchell there who's going to be that certified bucket. you get a good point guard around him. you got Jared Allen, defensive anchor. And he's, you know, very, very young. He gets after it. He hustles. He's all that dirty, scrappy stuff that... You need someone to do, and I think the most underrated part of the team, my favorite part of the team, is Evan Mobley. Like he is so good to me, and I feel like he's the best rookie out of that class. He is almost like he's kind of like this new breed that basketball players, in a sense of like, he can do a little bit of all at a weird ass height. Like he's like six eleven, but he does everything. So uh, I just don't see how you can't have him up here just because of the talent that's on their team. Yeah, I mean, I think the Cavs are a lot like the Pelicans for you, for me. Uh, right. Is that, you know, it's a very young team with a lot of potential. But for me, I just didn't know where to rank them, just like with you with the Pelicans. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that was particularly hard. Like, I like that they added Donovan Mitchell. He's going to be a great, you know, leader there. I think him or Garland is going to be the leader there. And... um I really like their what they got cooking there. I just don't know whether or not they're there yet, right, to supplant some of these teams because they are very young. I want to see if they are going to be, you know, 
just as good as last year or they're going to take a step back right and they got to figure things out with mitchell and stuff like that but i do like the makeup of the team um just don't know where they rank them that's fair that's fair yeah and then i have the celtics at nine and then i got the nuggets at 10 like i said the first time i think nuggets just left on they'll be healthy they'll be good to go yeah i mean that jeez jamal murray's coming back they still got the michael porter yeah, Michael Porter. Bones. Like, it's crazy how many good teams there are in the NBA. And it's like, when you mm-hmm. try to list 10 off the top of your head, then you're always going to forget someone that you're going to be like, oh, man, I missed that. And so we got it. We adjusted a couple of times. But I feel like at least, you know, we might disagree, but I feel like our lists are at least comprehensive of what, you know, of the best general makeup of the best teams in the NBA are. Except yeah, for, you know, are the right teams in the discussion. Them. Yeah, so we might have omitted a couple, but, you know. We'll see. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But uh, Dylan, let's let's hear your list real quick. Yes. So from 1 to 10, I have the Bucks first, the Warriors second, the Grizzlies third, Clippers fourth, Mavericks fifth, Celtics sixth, 76ers seven, Nuggets eight, Suns nine, Heat ten. Yeah, let's yeah. just go right to it, Dylan. You know what you have to address. Why are the Grizzlies third? Yeah, I, why you defend the Grizzlies? The Grizzlies. I, of all teams, of all yeah. teams. So why do I have to defend the Suns? You have to defend the Grizzlies here, man. I think we both had the Warriors second. I picked the Grizzlies third because I think they're the definition of they got that dog in them, like uh, from one to fifteen, like all of them, like they're they're hungry. They want they want to go through the playoffs again, like behind behind their leader John Morant, like these, like all these players, they want all the smoke. Like from every single team, like we even saw, like even during the playoffs, I think I was scared playing against uh, the um the Grizzlies because as a Warriors fan, they have our number. But if you if you look at their roster, like other not only do they have um who else um John Morant, they have like Desmond Bain, right? That's one huge one. Who else? They pull them up. Uh, Dylan Brooks. Steven Adams, Zaire Williams, um, Brandon Clark, even though we kind of like exposed him towards the last two games. Um, (laughs) Gotta get that trash talk somewhere. Yeah, I think their first five is so solid. And even though you can argue like their bench is a little bit shaky, but I think it's just because they're young and like they're brash. They're willing to um, put more effort in how they play compared to other teams. Or I think they just want it more overall. Do you feel like they got better though, or do you feel like their players are going to take a step forward? Like I just think player? their players are going to take a step forward because I think they didn't like they didn't really have huge signings because right. they're they resigned Adam I think right yeah no, they're trusting their the players to take a step forward like mm-hmm. John Morant like I think a big problem with John Morant is he's kind of similar to Ben Simmons in the fact that he doesn't take a lot of jump shots because he always likes driving it in but I think. If he were to um, develop his jump shot a little bit more, um, then I think it opens up a lot of options. Um, oh, I, that brings up another point too. I think there was a people were keeping a record of how or a win record of when um, John Morant doesn't play at all versus how he plays, <laughs> and you there's a and based on that stat, um, the Grizzlies tend to win more when he's not playing which is a very interesting um stat line because it kind of shows that like it's like not it's like not only you don't need 
not only you have to worry about Jot, you need to worry about the rest of us because we're no joke either. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Warriors got blown out by like 50 when Jaw wasn't playing, right? <laughs> yeah. So, that's so you know, crazy. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean that's the Grizzlies fans' like championship right there. But, you know, either way, I, I won't talk too much smack about the Grizzlies here. I really like them as a team. Obviously, we're, we're destined to be rivals because it's the old guard versus the young guard. But they remind me a lot of the Warriors back in 2013 when they had that, you know, playoff win against uh denver and then they faced up against a lot more experienced spurs team and lost obviously and then the spurs won the championship that year but they took the spurs to their limit right they lost in six games which um i think was a lot more than i think maybe the heat you know in the finals maybe took them a little bit harder but you know you could tell right there that they are a very talented team and i see the same for the grizzlies i just thought that you know they had to get some more experience they obviously showed some mistakes during that playoff series and in that Timberwolves series as well. They were just lucky to have gone up against a more inexperienced team who, you know, has a proficiency for choking leads as well. But, you know, you saw a lot of inexperience from the Grizzlies there. Um, They were making bad, you know, plays. They were kind of rushing things. And I think that, you know, another year of experience, uh, getting a chance to calm down and kind of think things through. Each one of them got a year older and now they're in the spotlight right and i feel like the pressure is different when nobody expects anything from you versus you know now you're expected to be a contender and i think that you know it's going to change your mentality change the way you approach the game and i definitely see the grizzlies taking a big leap this season i had them as four so i'm not going to be like you know i'm not going to distill in too much for having them as three because i just you know i think that they are going to be a really good team this season i just don't know if you know there's a lot more experienced teams and there's a lot more talented teams at the top. And that's why I still had this Bucks, Warriors, and Clippers as the top three and then Grizzlies right there. So, you know, big ups to the Grizzlies. I just, you know, I didn't have them as three. That's a simple thing. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have, I'm not kind of agree with most of your points you said. I had them the lowest, but a six is still, I think, very high in the terms of just general, generalizing everything. Uh, and you want to finish your. Uh, I think you had a, the, the highest on Dylan was the Celtics comparison to me and uh, who had him at nine. I didn't even have Celtics. Celtics. I didn't even have him. So. Yeah. So with the Celtics pick, I know that this offseason for the Celtics has not been a fun one for them, especially with, with their coaching staff, uh, Ime Udoka, which is uh, very unfortunate. But at the same time, I think for everyone out there, you can't really condone that type of behavior in the – at work but other than that um let's if you look at the boston celtics's roster um they added malcolm brogdon which was a huge pickup i think because that's you have basically a good six man coming off the bench in my opinion and again malcolm came from the pacers and before that um the bucks the Bucks, yes, thank you. And I believe he's still he's even though he went through a fair share of injuries, like some major. I think he went through an AC. Did he go through an ACL injury? I don't remember. It, he I went know through it was a major, major injury. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to remember. I'll pull it up for you. He's just so boring sometimes. I just feel like he just Malcolm Brogdon. You know. <laughs> he's a but I think Malcolm Brogdon still can can still bring it for this team. Right. And because he's such a great shooter, and think he's awesome good ball decent ball handler so mm-hmm. i think that kind of helps their um 
their bench a little bit more because I remember during the playoffs, uh, they kind of got exposed in terms yes. of like depth because they don't really have a lot of good playmaking other than outside of Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Like you can argue that Derek White is their playmaker coming off the bench, but Derek White, he's he's okay at at best. But when you have Malcolm Brogdon, I feel like that kind of help enforces that playmaking. Because I remember during the finals with the Warriors, like once they passed half court, they didn't really know what to do. It was either it's basically Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart passing to Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum on the half court and telling them, okay, do do whatever you want or throw the lob to um um who's sir um wait who's sir um, Time Lord yeah Time Lord throw it to, throw a lob to Time, <laughs> Time Lord baby so that's basically how they set they do their half court sets and based on what I see I don't know that's yeah that's what I noticed the most but yeah Malcolm Brogdon is great. Coming, I'm glad they picked him up. And other than Malcolm Brogdon, yeah, Peyton Pritchard, he's basically um, for people that used to watch the Knicks, he's basically Steve Novak. <laughs> but I mean, he's a really good shooter. It's just that that's and for the old heads out there. It's Steve Blake. Steve Blake, yeah, Steve Blake, the splash father. Yeah, the splash father of the Warriors. But um, yeah. Honestly, after that, I mean, they also added Blake Griffin. I mean, it's like they did. He's just there at this point. He's just they there. did. He's number oh seventy-two. I didn't even I know. Blake Griffin's just there now. He's just there to talk trash about the Nets. <laughs> yeah, you know but... he's supposed to be the father of Lana Rose, baby. I was gonna bring that oh. up. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> See, this is why I said <laughs> Celtics has a lot go- had a lot going on in the off-season drama. It's just it's yeah. not right now. It's not the spotlight. I totally not on forgot them, about their the coach shit. I totally forgot what happened with their coach. Yeah, I might put the heat ahead of him now. Yeah, I, see, that's the thing. Like that's why I didn't have them at all on my list because coaching uh, matters. Yeah, like, that's for sure true. Matters. Like, I think but, okay. I think I will make a last minute adjustment. My nine right, will be the Heat see? instead of the Celtics. I totally you forgot about one. Their, you already yeah. convinced one. Even though I, Dylan was fighting for the Celtics. <laughs> Um, i think i last year i remember i said uh the celtics was going to beat the nets during the first during the first round of the playoffs yeah yeah you did you did i mean i joined you and you convinced me in your argument to join you uh in that so you know yeah this i i believe in the celtics talent i just don't believe that they have the coaching right now obviously the Ime Udoka scandal kind of you know completely a scandal now yeah well i mean it was like i mean he was engaged to Nia long then he hooked up with someone in the workplace I mean, the issue is more about the workplace thing obviously adultery is bad but there's also that power dynamic of him being the head coach and presumably hooking up with like someone who is probably his subordinate right so mm-hmm. that's a pretty big thing to deal with yeah and right and that's a you, workplace violation like, they said they would suspend him for a season for now, right? So they don't even know if he's going to come back next season. Yo, he ain't coming so. back. He's not coming back. <laughs> you don't think way, he ever comes back to Celtics like next year or something? Like, I, I personally, I think with that um, scandal, like especially a workplace scandal, starting mm-hmm. relationships, and I think what Matt highlighted about Ime being the head coach of the Celtics and the person he was talking to or being in a relationship with was uh, someone else that's probably like, lower on the totem pole like 
I don't think the Celtics usually that gets you fired from your yeah that gets you fired yeah right well it depends on the extent right I feel like if it was just a consensual relationship that's you know I mean I don't want to get too much into the semantics here but like you know apparently there was other issues at fault here that made it feel like this was not a consensual relationship because of the power dynamic and when you abuse that kind of dynamic you're going to get in a lot more trouble for that right so i feel we like don't know that's the fine details like you said yeah we shouldn't really get too far into yeah, it so we're not going to speculate but all i'm yeah. saying is that the coaching is going to be so important i always believe that coaching is probably the most important uh, thing in the nba and you know right. I, I i want i think that the celtics um, are going to take a step back because they took a step forward at Udoka. Because of, yeah, I would say he was a big part of their step forward. So just yeah. directly taking him out without a proper plan to replace. Like when you took Brad Stevens out, it was, I would say there's a proper plan to replace him. You had Udoka, well, what's his name? Uh, Udoka. Yeah, Udoka. Udoka, right. There we go. Next up. So they had, yeah, he was next up, and it was a direct, like, we knew what was going on. He's leaving to the uh, front office rule. He's in replace, blah, 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 right? And it happened. It worked. This time, it does not feel like that. It feels so much different. I don't even know who the I can't. I don't know what the name is of the head coach. No. I think like, the next uh, coach is Damon Stoudemire. But I no. heard he also has... Uh, he had a case I don't think on it was Stoudemire. There's an, I don't think it, his name is Stoudemire. Oh, or um, might be. Like, that's the problem. See, we don't know the coach's name. <laughs> like, Coach Joe Mazzula. Oh, Joe Mazzula. Yeah. I, so, or is it him? I think he has. He also has a case on him too. From what I. He read doesn't online. have a case on. I think it was a different kind of case. It was like um, he does it's have. Not good. Yeah, it's he not had domestic good. battery. It was domestic battery back in two thousand nine. That's still so, not good. Yeah, not great. Not great. Not looking great there. But, you know. Yeah, I don't want to laugh. It's not funny, but it's just funny. It's just funny that the situation has gotten to a ridiculous point. It, where it's like, the, know, it's like the Deshaun Watson Browns type of yeah, thing. It's absurd. It's just absurd, right? So you got to laugh sometimes. But yeah, yeah it's good to laugh it out. I think, um, to conclude, I think, yeah, Ime ain't coming back. I think Brad Stevens doesn't want to deal with all the PR if he has to keep him. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand why Brad Stevens didn't just come back down to the floor and just coach himself. No, because then you're really just really reverting. I don't think it's like, even though like, okay, because like, even though you know Brad Stevens is not your long-term coaching answer because you already took that route. So let's say if you added like this new guy and he's your coach, at least you're giving someone a shot. So even if this one year might be, maybe Udoko comes back and, uh, He's the coach again. Everything's cool. Then you know he has a one-year shot, and you just kind of gave someone an opportunity. Maybe he gets an opportunity elsewhere. I feel like if you kind of just put Brad Stevens back in that spot, and let's say uh, it, the the coach doesn't come back, and now you're gonna need a long-term coach. So then what? Does Brad Stevens go back to the? Does he go back to <laughs> his position in the front office, and then you find a new coach, and then you're basically where you could have been a year ago. And now you could have tried someone out. You know what I mean? It's like a free trial a year in a sense. I'm just, you know? I'm just saying it's like when your teacher unexpectedly leaves because he was hooking up with a student. And then, you know, would you rather have another <laughs> teacher come in? Like you're, like the, the guy who used to teach the class? Or would you rather have a TA come in, right? Like a graduate TA, right? Did I ever have a TA if that TA doesn't have any cases on them? 
Yeah. So it's just like <laughs> what an example. <laughs> I mean, I, I the, the parallel was right there. It's I'm just sorry. it's just bad <laughs> overall what's going on with the Celtics uh, management or not management coaching staff. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let's digress and let's move into the omissions here. Um we snubbed a couple of teams just completely off the list. I know I didn't include the Celtics personally. Um, mm-hmm. G didn't include the Pe- Pelicans or the Nets, and neither did you know Dylan. So, mm-hmm. you know, but collectively, all three of us did not include the Hawks, which I thought was actually you know kind of crazy because I when I was thinking of the list to begin, I was gonna put the Hawks, but then you know it just all of a sudden they weren't there. I I just think adding Dejounte Murray is not really a big pickup. Oof. I think it is, but I just don't think it like it's not enough. Cause you gotta remember where they were last year. It's not the same team that from two years ago adding Dejounte Murray. This is the year team from last year adding Dejounte Murray and losing other pieces like Danilo Gallinari that they I think they lost right. Uh, they lost whatever they traded to get Dejounte. I don't remember off the top of my head, but they traded a decent amount to get him. The first round picks and all that. So you know, as a team, they you can't just say they got better by getting him, but then, you know, uh, I think just like what, when you're talking top 10, especially it's not like East and West, it's just the whole NBA. They kind of, kind of, someone's got to get the short end of the stick. Right. And yeah. it just happens to be the short point guard gets it. I think, yeah, Trey, <laughs> I think Trey's, he's excellent on offense. It's just defense is a huge anomaly that mm-hmm. a lot of teams can exploit. Like he, like you switch any like any really good offensive player and you switch him on Trey Young, then Treyon's just gonna get burned. It's a, so you're saying basically, basically the the floor was so low that even when they upgraded and they climbed up, they still couldn't even get to the top ten, right? Right. They were like a, yeah. they were like the 16th best team and they got to 12 for 11. Something like that, right? I would mm-hmm. say that's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. Like you look okay. at the roster, like they don't have any defenders. Like right. all of them are just like. They got Raleigh Jefferson, a.k.a. Kevin Horder. And they got DeAndre Hunter. But the thing is, I just feel like all their players are just, like, one-faceted. Maybe I'm just not, like, aware of what else they can do in a sense. They're just one-dimensional. They're, like, like, they're guys that defend, just defend. The guys that shoot, just shoot. There's not guys that, like, like DeJounte, you can, other than DeJounte and Trey, like, Capella. Capella is so one-dynamic, you know? He somewhat blocks shots and somewhat grabs. He's a good rebounder. And he has no offensive game. Like he's so like he doesn't. He's not a multifaceted player. DeAndre Hunter is a really good defender. He's a all right shooter, and that's it. Like there's not there's no complexity to this team in a sense. I feel like you know you have what you have with Trey Young, you have what you have with Dejounte, and then after that it kind of just falls off a cliff. And it's not your two for two first best players aren't good enough to where you know you can just have that where you have a, a good point guard and a good shooting guard, but that's it. Okay. Yeah, none of these guys would look like they're to do like three and D type of guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, real quick, give me a reason why you didn't want to put the Timberwolves in. Two words. Uh, I don't. Rudy Gobert. Uh, wow. They paid a. They paid a lot for. They killed their whole the bench. Yeah, they have no bench. They're really the hate, just gonna. The hate is strong for the Frenchmen. Bro, Matt, just... you're the biggest Rudy hater, bro. Yeah, they're I don't just like relying him, but... <laughs> on the twin towers. Basically. I don't try. I don't try to let my bias affect the the objective judgments that we put here on Sports Council. 
But okay. we have trashed Rudy Gobert on this podcast a lot, and I, I personally just don't think that that was a move that elevates them a lot. I think we shitted yeah. on him right after it happened, right? I'm, I'm like pretty sure yeah. we dropped a podcast. Pretty sure we always, every time we talk about Rudy, uh, anything involving Rudy Gobert, whether it's a team or the uh, transaction or whatever, it uh, it always ends up in Rudy Gobert. Yeah, hey. hopefully hopefully someday we can talk about him with some good light. Yeah, I, I would like that someday. <laughs> But I think today is not it. No. Do you, I mean, is there anything? Is there anything we can say? Anything positive about the T Wolves? I mean, yeah, I, I think I think their best best delight would be this next coming year they transition to a team where Anthony Edwards is the number one, the Cats are number two, Deal is your number three, Rudy Gay is your number four, and honestly, I think that's not a bad team. But if yeah. they go into this team at the end of the year and Cats still their number one player. Honestly, that's a sign of concern because Anthony Edwards, I think, is the best player on that team. And maybe not statistically because Cat's really good statistically, but if you just go by mentality, intangibles, leadership, anything else that basically matters. Um, obviously, Anthony Edwards is not a, like, a prototypical leader, but I think he's more like a lead-by-example type of guy. And I just think that he has to become that number one in, you know, in terms of just impact on the team. And I think he was you know, some games in a lot of the playoff series when Cat does what he does in the specials where he just fouls people unnecessarily or just sucks unnecessarily. But yeah, yeah I think Ant kind of stepped up a lot of time. But now we need to, like what Devin Booker did with the Suns. You got to be the number one. Just let everybody else take a step back. You take four steps forward. You know what I mean? And that's a big choose to fill, but he really is, in my opinion, like that. Like he's really, really, really fucking good. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's skip the Lakers and let's just move on to the finals predictions episode for and the MVP. Yeah, we'll talk about uh, them when Russ gets traded. <laughs> we'll be back. We'll be back. You will guarantee it. Emergency mm, podcast. Look out! Look out for LeBron's losing Lakers part three. Ooh, I I will love to see the day. All right, but for now we got to talk about our predictions for finals and uh, finals predictions and our overall MVP for the season. So who wants to start off with that? Um, I could start. For Ooh. MVP, uh do I say can I say multiple people or I could say like multiple or give us like give us like give your us your most best likely one. Yeah. Yeah. I and then maybe a maybe like a sleeper or like a second option. I have two and they're both European or or oh, sounds a yeah, little for where would start. Uh Giannis or he's not really well he's from Greek uh he's Greek, European. But, but I'll put Giannis first, Luca second. Third would be third would be Jokic, Nikola Jokic. Yeah, I'm all European. I I was thinking about Steph, but I think it's just with the talent that's on the Warriors is you it kinda eclipses Steph. See talent. see that's what annoys me. You we always prop Steph up because of the talent around him, but then, you know, He's also playing with scrubs as well. Like, it's it's hypocrisy right there. Like, are Draymond and Clay good, or are they, you know, scrubs? Are they all stars, or are they washed? Right? You gotta they're make good. I would say they're yes. good. I they're think good. they're good. They're really yeah. good. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that sometimes it's used to, you know, argue against Steph when it's mm-hmm. applicable. Right. So, right. But let's let's move on. What's your final prediction? I could be very biased. I mean, obviously, I'm going to be really biased. 
I would say Warriors versus huh. East is a lot of stuff is shaking up in the East. Ooh, this one East is kind of tough. I'll be honest. I think last time I said Warriors Bucks. I'll switch it up. I'll say Warriors Seventy Sixers. I think Joel can break. I think Joel, the trio of, or just not trio, just Joel and James Harden can take. Can they can take it all the way? I like it. Who do you have to like win? It. Who's gonna win? Yeah. I'm gonna say Warriors, man. What the hell? <laughs> all right, good. I'm just testing you. All right, I'm gonna shake it up because I don't want you know everything to sound the same. It might sound the same when you go right after Matt. So I'll, I'll interject and kind of change things up here. I'll start with my finals prediction actually first. Uh, I'll go Clippers against. I wanted to say the 76ers, but I think I'm gonna say the 76ers too. I think Clippers 76ers. Um, and I got the Clippers to win. Kawhi gets another one. Well, about your um, bias. If you're really biased, Suns versus uh... ideal, <laughs> I don't, your ideal I, world, your ideal, ideal world. world. The Suns sweep the Warriors on their route to win the championship against the Bucks and sweeping them in the rematch. A sweep. That's that's a lot. A double sweep. A double sweep. <laughs> double sweep. Okay. And then you woke up. Right. And then I woke up. And then Chris Paul choked again. But um, <laughs> my MVP, my most obvious pick, and I think just in, in terms of. Uh, betting i know people might not listen to us also bet yeah. i'm gonna take stephen curry and it's insane because you know it's stephen curry he is ridiculously good as long as he doesn't have a slump as he did last year and i mean what were you guys a second ranked team third first we, were, was it? we were second no we were second yeah second right okay, no wait, 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 wait. We, sorry i take that back we third, were the third team in the west. west grizzlies yeah. was second okay and i think if you guys hit the season the way you guys ended the season you guys are going to take off and go nuclear and i am projecting you guys to do so which is why you guys are my number one team and the best player on the number one team is stephen curry and i just think I like a lot of the warriors will be just steph and who comes with them that day you know in a sense of like wiggins maybe clay maybe pool maybe wiseman but the consistent factor every night is going to be stephen curry and i think they'll kind of clearly be the best team and when they're turning it on and they're on that warrior shit that they need to do they're just going to considerably look like the best team and that will give them the mvp to stephen curry because he'll probably be the best player on that team um my sleeper pick my sleeper pick uh, i really want to say something like crazy outlandish but i'm going to say Kawhi leonard just because i think if he comes back and like I said, for Steph, but it just like last year, the Clippers were good, but they could be great with him and then easily be a top two, three team in the West. And I think just being a top two, three team in the West and being the definitively best player kind of should would put you in the MVP conversation. Uh, so those are my two picks. I'm surprised that, you know, both of you are kind of high on the 76ers here. And yet, neither of you picked Joel Embiid as your MVP pick. So, you know. I think that's... James Harden takes a big step up. Yeah. So it kind of actually deteriorates from that's what a shame Joel, for Joel has. And Joel doesn't have to. I think Joel doesn't play make as. Actually, well, if I said he... that. Yeah. Well, he could do I a mean... decent. If I, if I said that, then I would be saying, like, Giannis can play make. But Giannis just knows how to, like, chuck people. 
I think defense. I think both of them have a lot more playmaking abilities than they used to have. But obviously, it's not as much as a Steph Curry, right, or Jokic. But those are two insane levels of talent. But um, I'm gonna go with an MVP pick. You know, I totally forgot about Luca Dylan. So thank you for reminding me. I was gonna go with Giannis, but I think that MVP fatigue is gonna. It's the reason why he didn't win last year. That's what I think. Jokic now has two. Giannis now has two. It's time for Luka to get one, right? And I think that by now, the talent is undeniable at this point. I think that he's got the right coach to get them to a winning record. So apparently all you need right now is to make the playoffs to win MVP. And I think Luka will at least make the playoffs. And he's going to look like the best player while doing it because he's going to have to be. No Jalen Brunson. So now he's going to have to carry the entire load of the offense obviously christian wood comes into play javel mcgee whatever but they are going to be extensions of luca they're not going to really be you know independent of luca i think that you know what all the success of the mavericks rides on him so if the mavericks are going to be good luca's going to have to be good and if luca is good and putting up the same numbers that he always does then he should be the mvp and it's not that he was too young to be mvp or you know He's still developing, or there are players ahead of him. There are probably still players ahead of him, but again, I think the fatigue is going to take out Jokic and Giannis this season. Embiid is a close second of mine because I think that now, you know, if they're still the top seed, he has to be great. And they finally, like, but it's more like a we finally gave him one, like a James Harden. Um, and I don't think that's going to apply here. So I think it's going to be Luka. Embiid's a close second as well as Giannis. Um, NBA Finals prediction. So I'm going to go with someone that you don't expect. I'm just going to go with the Clippers against the Bucks, and I'm going to take the Clippers in the championship. And the only reason why I don't like this prediction is the same reason why I said, you know, Gene, you know this back in our NFL prediction, why I didn't pick the Chargers to win the Super Bowl, because it just doesn't feel right. (laughs) It doesn't feel right to see the Clippers win like it's a long honored tradition that you know the Cleveland Browns suck the Detroit Lions suck the Chargers are cursed and the Clippers are cursed they didn't even make a conference finals until two years ago and now you know we're talking about the NBA finals the championship Kawhi Leonard actually you know making his promise in LA with Paul George and winning it all you know it, it just seems very out there even like even when we saw them sign together and we were like, oh, Clippers are going to make the championship. It just seemed so, you know, impossible. And then it ended up being, you know, impossible because they lost the Nuggets. And then we are here three years later and we're still talking about them winning their first. But I really think that if it's going to be any year, it's got to be this year because they got a championship winning head coach in Tyron Lue who knows what it takes to win. They got the pieces win now pieces they got the two superstars so it's got to be now or never at this point so i'm going to choose to believe in Kawhi leonard because i've seen that man play and when he's in the playoffs it's a different level no one's beating him i think paul george is just you know he's a great star in his own right and he's good enough to be hit Kawhi leonard's secondary option and the coaching's right defense is right i think they barely squeak by the warriors um and then i think they barely squeak by the bucks and again i really hesitate to say it but i'll lock it in (laughs) put your odds on it vegas let's go 
Yeah, great picks. I mean, kind of similar. Gives me a lot of like, like you said, NFL vibes. When we all picked the, I think we all picked the Rams this year or something. Another. I picked the Broncos. Is not good. Broncos country. Let's die. Yeah, I picked Uh, the Broncos too. So maybe the Broncos are like the Clippers or something. I don't know. Yeah. Just something to think about. (laughs) I put a I put a whole mortgage on. Like I got a second mortgage on my house. Put it all on Vegas on the Broncos. So, uh, I'll be homeless in a couple of uh, months. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Um, I really took out a loan and uh, put a cool thing on Kawhi yeah. to play 50 games. I'm going to have to change my identity real quick. This podcast is going to be operated under a different person from now on. But <laughs> that, that is going to do it for this episode of the show. Be sure to follow us on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Amazon Music, anywhere you get your podcasts. We are there. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Our Twitter is at Bay Council. Our Instagram is sports underscore council. That's both spelled C-O-U-N-S-E-L in case you don't know how to spell council. Um, that'll do it, guys. Do you guys have any, you know, bold predictions, weird kind of things, just random things off the top of your head that you think will happen this season? I do. Okay. Russell Westbrook is going to go to the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. What are they going to get for him? Sabonis? Dude, that'd be a fleece. <laughs> but my bold prediction is KD comes to the Suns. No way. I think. I think I now thinking about it, since you brought KD, I think it's funny how you just shit on the team during your entire off season, then you just go back to them. That's just really awkward. Yeah, you mean like DeAndre Ayton? <laughs> <laughs> bro, dude, DeAndre Ayton can't shit on a team, bro. Because when you're shit, it's not the same thing. KD can shit on a team because he's KD. Yeah, but yeah, Aiden can do it because he's Aiden, DA. Aiden's just good because he's got he got enabled by Chris Paul. <laughs> oh jeez. My bold prediction is that uh, the Spurs get Victor Wembanyama, or whatever his <laughs> name is. Maybe we could trade Aiden for him. No. Give away all your players and, and Booker, just tank hard. Booker, I cannot wait. Victor. I want to see. I want to see some great ass tanking right now. I think this is going to be, like, just quick note, side note, I think this is going to be the greatest year of disparity where there's just so <laughs> many good teams and then there's just so many bad teams and there's probably nothing in the middle. Actually, like, last year, you kind of saw that. You kind of saw that in the East last year where there was, like, nine teams that won 40 games and then everybody else sucked. Yeah. Like, I think you could probably see that, but even more, like, where nine or eight teams win, like, 45, 50 games and there's, like, 10, game, 10 teams that are, like, under 20 wins or something ridiculous, 30 wins or something like that. I agree I mean, with that. I agree with I, that. I think especially the off season. It was a really spicy off season. So I'm looking forward to what's to come in the next few few weeks. I'm a, I'm gonna change my thing real quick. I'm gonna make an even bolder prediction. I'm gonna say the Thunder have the worst record in the NBA. Actually, no, the Jazz are gonna have the worst record in the NBA. But I'm gonna say the Wizards are gonna get Victor Wembanyama because no one thinks about them. So I'm I really hope that they do get him. We need sure. to see some Very good. Random. We need to see. We need to see some good basketball in DC. I'm rooting for y'all. If I was Oklahoma, I would trade all my picks and just get Victor. I no feel bad for Shy. Regardless of what they, I, I think, Shy should I just hope go. They just, yeah. He's been tanking for. He's tank commander for like the past three seasons. Tank commander. <laughs> you know he's such a great player. It's just like he's been t- like their franchise has been tanking. Yeah, but that'll do it, guys. See ya. All right.
Broncos country? That's right.